Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. In just one more month, we're going to be coming up on the halfway point of 2021. I know, I have no idea how it got here either. But with this mark in time, we're starting to see a shift of how things are going on. While COVID certainly isn't a thing of the past, the vaccine rollout has opened up a lot of possibilities for what we want our futures to look like. At the end of 2020, I did some planning for 2021, but I knew that there was going to be a lot of uncertainty, so I didn't make too many specific plans. But now that I'm getting a better grasp of what the future might hold, although, to be honest, with ADHD we're always going to have a lot of uncertainty, I felt like it was time to go over those plans again and maybe give myself a fresh start. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the fresh start effect, go over some stuff on planning, and how we can work on sticking to those plans. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 76. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by the Skylight Frame. So many of us with ADHD need those visual reminders of what's going on in our days. So if you're a visual person like I am, then you'll love this new way to visually organize and color code all your family's plans and to-dos. Skylight's Smart Family Calendar is the upgrade your family needs this school year. The Skylight Calendar syncs all of the different digital calendars and events your family uses and shows them all together on one beautiful touchscreen display. And the new chore chart feature shows organized lists of what each person needs to get done so they can check them off and stay on top of household duties. And because there are always more things to do around the house, one of the best features of the Skylight Calendar is that chore chart. Kids get to enjoy checking off tasks and watching their progress bar update while learning some responsibility and time management which, you know, is also something I could use some work on as well. Now, as a special offer, you can get up to $30 off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com and enter the code HACKING. Again, skylightcal.com and enter the code HACKING. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com, promo code HACKING. All right, keep on listening to find out how you can get a fresh start. When I'm feeling lost, one of the ideas that I often jump to is that I need to get a fresh start, or maybe a reset. The idea is that I know things need to change, and I want to be able to say, this is the new me. It's the idea that I can disassociate myself from past performance and create a new era for myself, that I've got a clean slate, and that old me isn't going to be holding back the new me. For a lot of people, we see this with their New Year's resolutions. We also see a lot of advertisings with things like New Year, New You, although research has shown that the most popular time for a fresh start is actually your birthday. It's a lot more personalized then. Maybe you're turning 30 and you decide it's time for a change, and that and that flipping of the digit feels pretty significant. Well, there really is nothing special about these dates. It doesn't matter, because they feel special. Starting your new exercise routine on Monday or a Tuesday won't make a big difference, but they do feel different. And this can be a bit of a dangerous thing. It can allow us to procrastinate on starting, and it can lead us to binging. Perhaps you decide that you want to try and cut down the amount of TV you watch, and so you'll start Monday. But since it's the weekend still, you decide to binge on as many series as you can before Monday rolls around. Oh, and I better finish this up on Sunday night. And then we stay up extra late watching TV, and now on Monday you feel like crap and have no energy. 
well, I guess if I'm going to lie on the couch, I might as well watch some TV since I'm not going to be doing anything else. And then, oh man, well, I messed up starting on Monday and I don't want to start on Tuesday. Guess I'll wait till next week. But on the other hand, with ADHD, we can also be on the impulsive side of things. This can lead us into trying to make these big changes without thinking them through. We might decide to try a new diet two days before Thanksgiving, or we might decide to give up internet browsing without figuring out what we're going to spend our new free time on. A lot of that also stems from the fact that the changes we're trying to make are too big. Along with our impulsiveness comes impatience. I want that beach body now. It doesn't matter that I haven't been going to the gym in years. I'm going to follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson's workout plan and just kill it. Cue two days later when I can't summon the energy to get out of my chair. The trick for us is finding that balance between impulsiveness and procrastination. And while we are typically looking for ways to create a clean slate, we don't have to start with something new. There are tons of habits and routines that I've had over the years that have fallen the wayside for one reason or another. A fresh start is a great way for us to reestablish some of the routines that we might benefit from again. One of the habits that fell by the wayside for me was nighttime eating. Pre-pandemic, I was fairly good about limiting my eating in the evenings. My goal was that after I put the kids in bed at 7, that I wouldn't have any more snacks at night. The main reason for this is that I found that if I was eating sugary snacks before bed, I'd find myself having blood sugar spikes in the middle of the night that would wake me up. When I stopped eating those snacks, I had fewer nighttime wake-ups. Since I know most of the mechanics for this habit, it's more about reminding myself what my intentions were. This meant that reestablishing this habit wasn't a big ask. It's just something where I needed to create a little bit more push for myself to make it happen again. So why bring fresh starts up now? Well, for a lot of people, we're looking to get our life back into some sort of normalcy. And let me be clear here that I know that COVID isn't over, but it's starting to look like there are going to be some aspects of our life that we should be able to reclaim. And even if that isn't the case, we can still work on defining what we want to see the next half of the year to look like. Another thing I want people to keep in mind that I mentioned above is that there isn't any specific date that makes any better than any other. In fact, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening to this after the start of July who have missed that half-year mark. It just happens to be a convenient date to go for for when I'm releasing this episode. We could as easily go from your birthday to the start of next month to the start of next week. The important part here is that you pick a date that you're going to start on, because here's the thing with ADHD. We can easily procrastinate on things. This might lead us to argue that, hey, why not just start today? Well, that might not be the best idea. Are you actually ready? Do you have a plan put together? Jumping in too early on something can easily get us frustrated when we're not ready for the challenges that come our way. Setting a date gives us a soft deadline. However, as with all deadlines, it's going to need something more or we're just going to completely ignore it. When I say soft deadline, what I mean is that it's basically a rough draft. It gives us an idea of when we want things to happen. But they also won't have any consequences if we don't hit it. Deadlines are great tools to get us motivated to finish up when we're working on something, but they don't work if we know we can just blow them off. I know I've fallen into that trap many times. It's easy to believe that, well, this time will be different. So there are a lot of ways that we can work on setting up consequences, and the level you want to go with is up to you. It can easily start with just some social pressure of telling someone what you're going to do to create some accountability. Or maybe there's a class you're signing up for, and there's an incentive of things starting regardless if you're ready. You could also hire a coach, or use an online service like Stick. 
that allows you to create commitments and put money on the line if you don't follow through. And that site is stick.com, S-T-I-C-K-K. Also be in the show notes at hackingyouradhd.com slash fresh start. But let's also be clear here that just having consequences isn't always enough for ADHD. I have paid the ADHD tax enough times to know it's not just about having money on the line. There have been plenty of classes I've signed up for and never shown up to. There have been plenty of bills I didn't pay in time that I got fined for. So yeah, I would rather not lose money, absolutely. But that on its own doesn't guarantee that I'm going to get it done. I mean, maybe if it was a ridiculous amount of money, but I still wouldn't just bet on me remembering. To really make sure, I'd put some other things in place so that I'm not relying on my completely unreliable memory. I know it sounds obvious, but the number of times I've thought, well, hey, I'm going to remember this this time. Well, I don't remember how often that happens, but it's way more than I'd like. Which really just illustrates the point more that we can't just rely on our motivation to remember something. Stuff happens, and I get focused on that. And the thing that I thought I'd never forget slips out my brain, and whoops, now I'm way past the window where I could return those things. So while financial incentives can help create motivation, it isn't the only thing we're going to need. To go along with those consequences, what we want to have as well is a plan that is going to help us keep on track. I mentioned New Year's resolutions earlier. Looking at the follow-through on those, one thing that is abundantly clear is that a lot of people don't get very far on them. For some people, that's a sign that we should give up on making goals. But I think when we're talking about New Year's resolutions is that most people aren't really thinking them through. One thing that's become abundantly clear to me is that most people don't have a good sense of how to approach goal setting. And it's no wonder. I mean, I never had a class on how to set effective goals or how to plan out a project. Those are things I guess I was just sort of expected to pick up or learn on my own. Except when it's something that you don't know you need to learn, you never make time for it. Recently, while I was clearing out some old books, I found an old goals list from more than a decade ago. It was interesting to see the list, but there were a number of things that really stuck out to me. First, there were just too many things on the list. While there are always going to be countless things I want to work on and new things I want to do, there's only so much time in a year. With time blindness, we're fairly poor at estimating what we can accomplish in a single day. And when we apply this idea to a year, we tend to be off by a huge factor. And to make it worse, it wasn't prioritized in any way. In my head, I thought I'd just do all of these things at once. Let's stop here for a second, because this is important, even more so in the context of a fresh start. If we want to create meaningful change in our life, we need to prioritize and really nail down those things that are going to make the biggest differences. Trying to completely reinvent yourself with a fresh start is a recipe for disaster. I know it's hard to make one change at a time, but trying to change multiple things at a time just makes it exponentially harder. As we recently heard from Eric Tivers in the last episode, we can do hard things, but we don't have to do them in the hardest way possible. Okay, back to my ill-fated 2010 goal list. Now, I might be able to forgive all that if I had one more thing included with those goals. And that's a plan. This list of goals was just a wish list. I had no idea how I was going to do these things. They were just ideas I had while writing out this piece of paper. To be fair, that is an okay place to start. In fact, planning is a lot easier if you have an idea of the destination that you want to reach. But imagine you're planning a trip and you go, I'm going to drive to New York City on Friday. And that's the extent of the plan. No looking at Google Maps, just going to jump in my car and go. I live in Washington State. I mean, sure, if I drove east enough, I'd probably find my way there eventually. 
I mean, it wouldn't be straight there, but with some circling, I'd get there. Probably. But that would mean doing this task in one of the hardest ways possible. I mean, I could literally just look up some directions. And, hey, do you think that maybe someone else has had a goal like yours before? That maybe you could find some directions that might help you with your goals? I mean, that's probably one of the reasons you listen to this podcast. I'm not going to be able to scratch the surface of helping everyone map out their goals here. But the idea here is that you don't have to come up with these ideas from scratch. I talked earlier about accountability. Having someone that you check in with is a great way to stay on track. Having visual reminders is great too. Write up your plan and stick it to your fridge. Make it the background of your phone. Anything that will help you remind you that, hey, this is important. But our most important aspect of planning is going to be flexibility. It's easy for us to fall into all-or-nothing thinking when it comes to planning. I'm going to go to the gym every day of the week, or I'm not going to go at all, kind of things. Saying it out loud makes it sound a lot more ridiculous. We know that just doing a little bit is still better than doing nothing, and yet this thought pattern continues to persist. What this means for us is that we need to build a lot more flexibility into our planning. That can start with lowering some of the barriers to success. Instead of hitting the gym every day, maybe make it a goal to go at least twice a week. Another way we can build in flexibility is by having set times that we're going to check in on our plans. No matter how we plan, we're going to end up missing certain things and going to need to make changes. By scheduling a time to go over our plans and make these changes, we're better able to adapt when things do hit the fan. Initially, you may want to schedule a time a week or two in to see what changes need to happen. And then beyond that, having a monthly check-in on your planning can be incredibly useful. Finally, I just want to again remind everyone that while we are thinking about fresh starts, we aren't trying to completely change ourselves overnight. All we need to do is make small changes that we can sustainably keep up. While it might feel like we aren't getting anywhere at first, all we have to do is look back and see how far we've already come. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Fresh starts can help us let go of our past performance and embrace our new self. 2. We can effectively create motivation with financial incentives, but often that might not be enough for us to follow through. We also need to create reminders and plan on how we want to accomplish our goals. 3. Don't try and do all the new things at once. Pace yourself and create a plan on what you want to do first. Try and focus on doing things that by doing them will make everything else easier. 4. We need to be flexible with our plans because we are going to hit speed bumps. While we can't plan for everything, we can work on ways to help us get back up when we get knocked down. Alright, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Feel free to connect with me over at hackingyouradhd.com contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash 76. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do so is to tell someone about the show, especially if you think a particular episode would resonate with them. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send it over to them. Or you can consider supporting me on Patreon. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon to find out more. And now for your moment of dad. No joke. Just thought you should know about the word flatology. You know, the science of flatulence, which would make a flatologist a fart scientist. <laughs> <laughs>